Hey, what's up? It's Sergey Ivanov, episode two of The Sound of Sergey. I'm, by the way, I'm surprised that y'all showed out. That, um, I was surprised how well it did. It got way more listens on Spotify than I thought it would. So I just want to thank everyone who watched that first or listened to that first episode. Big thanks to y'all. Cause, I mean, if I got zero, I would have been like, all right, podcast, you know, that was a failed experiment. Don't do any more. But thankfully, you guys showed up, you showed out, and, you know, everyone apparently liked it. So I'm going to do more of it. And oh boy. First thing right now, I'd like to say that I have the worst sunburn that I may have ever gotten. What happened was when we were building the bunker on Monday, yes, you heard me right, we're building a bunker. It's almost done. We've pretty much built it. We have to put in like a steel door, like run wiring through it. But other than that, like it's functional right now. Uh, we were working on it on Monday and I was helping out and I didn't put on sunscreen. And that's something that I need to, you know, focus on because I'm a, because a dude born in Russia, you know, got Russian blood pumping through his veins with like negative 20 C. If that's what you are, you don't want to go out in the hot Kentucky sun. By the way, am I the only one who is genuinely hates the climate of Kentucky just unceasingly? It's my least favorite. If I could move to Antarctica, I'd rather live there than in Paducah, Kentucky, just for the climate. I love Paducah. It's a great city. It's so hot. <laughs> I mean, I before here, I lived in a place called Schoharie, New York. It's like a little bit from Albany. It's like 30 minutes or something. Very short drive. Like, it, it's not a long amount of time to get from one to the other and actually the other day i looked it up because i was i wanted to see all right how is scoharry doing i used to live here how is it doing now and the first i type up scoharry new york and the first thing i see is scoharry governor talking about a new economic plan after the crisis and they were not talking about corona so that didn't give me the best of hope like if i was like i'm gonna move back here maybe you don't want to do that all right, I, I listened to a song a couple, actually like an hour ago, about an hour ago. It's called In the Navy by the Village People. And then here's what I never, I had a teacher named Mr. Amundsen, and he told me about, if you don't know who the Village People are, they're a band who, they made YMCA, they made In the Navy, they made Macho Man, made a bunch of hit songs. But apparently what I didn't realize until my um, U.S. history teacher taught me was that their whole thing was just make songs about being gay. <laughs> just make songs like YMCA is all like you listen to the song and it's all about meet up with the guys, have a good meal, like take a hot bath, enjoy your... And they keep denying it. And it's like, come on, dude. Really? It's about being gay. I mean, it's pretty clear. So what I didn't realize was I looked up Village People. And they have another song, In the Navy. And after the success of YMCA, actual gyms started using that song. 
like in ads and commercials. And so the official, U, the actual U.S. Navy goes to the village people and they're like, hey, village people, we want you to write us a song to get people to sign up for the Navy. Like, okay, and they come back with the song called In the Navy. And it's such, and it has so much gay subtext that they don't even use it. In the Navy, you can help your fellow man. <laughs> That's a, hold on, I'm gonna look this up right now. In the Navy lyrics. Lyrox, I'm the worst typer. Oh my lord. This is the first line in the song in the Navy. In the Navy by the village people. Where you can find pleasure and search the world for treasure. <laughs> Tell me that doesn't have gay subtext. Where you can find pleasure, my lord. Make all your dreams come true. Uh, <laughs> in the Navy, you can help your fellow man. I'm telling you, dude. And they keep denying it. Every time they keep denying it. Like there's like thousands of interviews with them. Well, thousands, I'm stupid. That's an that's a that's a hyperbole there, ladies and gentlemen. That's a hyperbole. There's a lot of interviews and like there's a where interviews will talk to them and be like, there's a lot of, so there's a lot of gay subtext in your songs. What's that all about? Like, what are you talking about? There's no gay subtext in the songs. It's like, come on, dude. You can help your fellow man. What am I going to do in a submarine? <laughs> That's another lyric. Um, <sighs> no, I'll tell you what. Speaking of good songs, you want to know what movie killed it with the soundtrack and just killed it in general? The live-action Scooby, like from 2002, the live-action Scooby-Doo, the one with uh, Mr. Bean as Scrappy. That movie is, it has, Mr. Bean is playing a character who owns the theme park where everything's going down. He, Mr. Bean's character is not a character, but it's actually Scrappy in like a human suit trying to take over the world. As Mr. B, well, not Mr. But Rowan Atkinson, like as the owner of the park. That's what this movie is. Rowan Atkinson is at the same time played by Scrappy Doo, and also plays Scrappy Doo. Ah, but that movie killed it. I'll tell you what. That movie killed it with the soundtrack, because actually. As I was listening to the first episode of Sound of Sergey on Spotify, because you gotta listen to it and make sure everything's like going okay and everything like makes sense and sounds good. I listen to it and so type in S and like I also start looking up like the Scooby Doo soundtrack and I'm like, this was a movie from my childhood. I watched that movie like a thousand times, it felt like. Like I like I wore out the VHS tape, I watched it so many times. That movie still, well, no, it doesn't hold up. It's a really dated movie, but it's a great movie. It really is. I'm telling you. So I look up the soundtrack. That movie has a killer soundtrack. You cannot deny it. Like, okay, 
not and not the second one because the second movie like monsters unleashed with seth green that movie sucks and the soundtrack is awful <laughs> that one is terrible but the first one killed it you remind me of a man what man oh the man with power what power oh the power of the voodoo Who? that's a great soundtrack but I, and so after that i watched the movie because listen that movie is really good I really think it is. Maybe it's just nostalgia, but I think it actually... Because the whole point of that movie actually was it's the Scooby-Doo guys, like the gang, solving mysteries, but it's all about how out of touch they are. Like, they just pretty much drag and drop how they were in the cartoon into the real world, and the whole shtick is how well that doesn't fit in with actual real life in 2002. And it's a great movie when you look at it that way. But I watched it, and everything was fine till there was this one scene. It felt like a deleted scene. It felt like if you'd like go on TV and there's an extended version of a movie on TV and they just add scenes that, that are just filler to fill out a runtime. It felt like one of those scenes. What is is Velma's like hanging out with this dude that she's into. They're at a bar. And Velma's telling her about the glory days of Mystery Incorporated. And so, like, flashbacks to, like, they're in the desert just driving on a one-way highway through the middle of... It looks like Route 66. It looks like, it looks like where they filmed Lawrence of Arabia. That was a notification I just got there. It's probably my sister telling me to be quiet. No, it's not. Oh, my... Hold on. I'm going to get back to Scooby-Doo in a second. This message was someone, I was texting someone and she was telling me how she was going to dye her hair. And I go, okay, what color are you going to dye it? She goes, I'm going to dye my hair black. Her hair is already black. <laughs> what are you dyeing it black for? Anyway, I don't think she listens to this. Hopefully not. If she does, she definitely knows who I'm talking about. But anyway, back to this movie. They're, on, they're in the mystery machine, and it looks like they're in high school. Like, they did makeup, and, like, every, everyone's polished. Like, the hair is combed. Everyone's looking in tip-top shape. They're driving down Route 66, middle of nowhere, arid desert. It looks like where they filmed Lawrence of Arabia. They're driving down the highway, and Velma's talking about, Oh, these were the glory days of Mr. Inc. And all of a sudden, literally scrappy out of nowhere, just comes up from... Just like, I guess underneath the seat and just jumps up on the dashboard. And everyone's surprised. So either that means they forgot he was there or he just snuck into the van while they went on their trip. He jumps up on the dashboard and he's like, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to be the new leader of Mystery Incorporated. And Fred is like, dude, you're a puppy. I could throw you across the football field and you would just be out of it. And he goes, that's what you think. Leans over and starts peeing on Daphne. <laughs> he goes, he goes, <laughs> I think he says something like, I'm your new leader. And I'm going to exert my puppy power. And he starts peeing on Daphne. And then Fred puts the brakes on the van 
and like a cartoon scrappy just because of inertia flies into the windshield and Fred's like and Fred's like what was that you can't pee on Daphne anymore implying that he's done it multiple times and then Scrappy's excuse is oh it was an accident and then Fred goes no you've done it before you were marking your territory which means that Scrappy considers Daphne his territory. <laughs> that was a scene that I still don't know what was going on. You were marking your territory. It was an accident. That was actually a pretty good impression of Scrappy. Nah, but this, the second movie is awful. Second movie is not good. It's better in that, like, it's actually, you know, more in line with the cartoon. But other than that, it's just bad. It's a terrible movie. It's not good. But, um... Uh, what? Apparently that movie was rated R at first. Like, the dude who made it, which, by the way, the same dude who made Guardians of the Galaxy was who made um, that movie... The Scooby-Doo movie. And he wanted to make it rated R. Like, adultify it. And, like, make it for an older audience. Like, mature jokes, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo are clearly stoners. Like, you see him smoke pot. And then the studio was like, I don't think so. And then he had to tone it down. But if you look at the deleted scenes, like, Velma's twerking on the piano while singing a Frank Sinatra song. Like, how is this a kid's movie? That's probably why it got, you know, in the deleted scenes. Can I talk any more about the Scooby-Doo movie? No, I'm not. I'm done. <clears throat> I'm done. I'll tell you something else that I watched. There was, I don't know what the name of it is. But I was... Because, you know, over quarantine, you know, you get closer to people who are important to you. And you get closer to people who you weren't close to before and you took their relationship and their friendship for granted and you get close to them and that's a good thing and I've been doing that because I've been hanging out with my sister a lot more and so I've been bonding with her and I I used to not get along with my sister very well at all we used to have a lot of differences we actually are getting along now and like we're hanging out but one thing that drives her up the wall is she watches like white girl TV like, I try to bond with her. I come in and she's in the living room, by the way, at like two in the morning. And she's watching one of those house hunter shows or like whatever the show. And it's always a couple. Like the only time it wasn't a couple when it was like the two twins who were like homophobic. That was the only time it wasn't a couple. But every other time it's like some southern, some southern couple from Tennessee who buy this house, flip it, make it more modern. Make it more modern and sell it for way overpriced from what it was. By the way, those shows are fake. Like, those are actors who are the family that they're selling it to. It's like, these are the Johnsons. They're a newlywed couple, and they want to buy a new home, or they want to buy a, a home with a fresh look and inviting for the kids. And there's like, we have a plan for this home. I'm going to take it, spruce it up. I'm going to add a lot of lighter colors, make it more family friendly. 
Make it more youthful. Make it more young and vibrant. And I don't know what... By the way, there's like 10,000 of those shows. It's like every one of them is the exact same. I understand if you like it. Like even I like can get behind like why you would want to... You know, watch a show of like a a rundown house, then fixing that into like a good house. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is the friggin' people that they put on there. The couples are the worst. And this one, I don't know what it was. Maybe you can tell me. It's like this big bearded like lumberjack looking guy with like this Karen looking chick who's like, she looks like she's about like 30. And like, they're both southern accented people. Like, he looks like a lumberjack with a big beard. He's kind of large. He's like, you know, muscular. He sort of looks like Zach Galifianakis. The other chick looks like a Karen, but just younger. Like, she turned into a Karen, like with the Karen haircut, but just at the age of 30. That's what she looks like. And we were sitting, we were watching this show. And what I realized was like, hold on, why is this so hard to watch? And I realized whenever the dude would start talking, he couldn't even get half a friggin' sentence in before this chick just butts in and just interrupts him and finishes the sentence with what she wants to talk about. Like the dude will be like, well, we were thinking about, you know, a curler scheme for... You know, he's right. What I was thinking of was a um, a lighter palette. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's kind of rude. And he's like, well, we're going to... And then the next sentence is, what we're going to do is we're going to chop down a couple trees and make a new coffee tape. What he's trying to say is, we're... <laughs> By the way, this is the worst impression of... I can't do woman impressions. I can't. There are some impressions and accents I can do, like like Australian, I've got that down. I can do that well. Like female and southern accents, I cannot do those to save my life. Boston accent, I've got that down. But like Louisiana, I can't do it. I'm sorry. This chick was interrupting every sentence. It was literally every time to the point where I thought that like the only rational explanation is that like that's just what the producers wanted to go with like for their characters like how they present themselves like that's the only rational explanation for how this dude could put up with his chick but the worst part the worst part of the whole show was in the house that they're refurbishing there's like a rosemary garden in the back and so like one of the things that she wants to do by the way she doesn't do anything she's basically like oh paint this this color but she really does zero work she's like oh i like it this way but she does no work whatsoever she literally sits on her phone and just talks with the other ladies in the room she sits down and she goes i want to do something and you know, inspired by the garden, bring it into the home. And so her idea is she's gonna take rosemary from the garden in the home, like in the backyard, and make candles out of it and like make a chandelier or whatever, like make candles to put in like the, the dining room. That makes sense. And she does it. 
and she's like going through the process of making a candle with this lady who's about to buy the home from and they're making the candle and the wax they have it's white and she goes it looks like white chocolate but it's not and at that point i was like all right i'm done here (laughs) i'm done here like that's the exact reason why i stopped watching tv right there right there is why i stopped watching tv just because nothing's entertaining anymore nothing there's one show no two shows there are two yeah because i was about to say like dateline but even that's just boring it's the same thing every time they were the perfect couple and then mysterious tragedy strikes and it's always the dude was cheated on him with like the office worker and he wanted to throw her off the boat so she was out it's it's the same thing every time so no it's not interesting there's two shows on t no no no, i'm sorry three shows i'm sorry i'm sorry three shows that are in my opinion the only good three television shows on the air right now one is finding bigfoot and that's because they're full of crap every one of them even like the skeptic they have a skeptic who doesn't even believe in sasquatch and she's full of crap and i believe in sasquatch i firmly believe in the existence of that species that show is bullcrap that show is that show is absolute junk and i watched it with my sister and we were both laughing the whole time show number two dr phil that's classic because dr phil is actually an entertaining guy and the dynamic between dr phil and these dumb parents it's always the parents and that's what i realized about like horrible kids because i used to think that like when i saw kids at school like who were like like not who you want to be around like who were like basically like the classic rendition of you know a low life they don't have anything going for them. Their life can only go downhill, and it is going downhill. What that show made me realize is that not only is there hope for them, but it also is all about the parents. It's not really them. It's all about the parents either letting that happen or they're causing that to happen because they're just not being a good enough parent. And if you watch Dr. Phil, he's the most entertaining dude on the air. A lot of people are making memes of me where they're saying that I sent people to the ranch. I just didn't send someone to the ranch. Dude, Dr. Phil is the most entertaining TV personality of all time. You cannot convince me otherwise. Show number three, and this is probably the most entertaining, is actually... It's Guy Fieri's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dies. That show is classic, tried and true. You cannot go wrong. The thing is, you don't really watch that show. You appreciate that it's there, but you don't really watch the show. Because here's the thing about Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Is if it's ever on TV, I'm not going to watch it unless I'm like desperate. But if they took it off the air, if they're like, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is now canceled on the Food Network. There would be outrage in the streets because that's a great show, but no one's watching it. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is not a show that you watch. I'll tell you what that show is. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives is a show that you put on 
when you check into like a Hampton Inn at 10 p.m. Like you've been, like you woke up at seven in the morning, you're driving from, you know, you're driving from good old Paducah, Kentucky, you're driving all the way from there to, you know, you're on some road trip to Colorado or something. You do an 11 hour drive, you check in at 10 p.m., you just wanna watch something just to take your mind off of the boredom of 11 hours of driving. <clears throat> you turn it on and you turn it on to driving diners, drive-ins and dives. That's what you turn it on to every time. That's what that show is. That show is to help you after you've been driving on the road for 10 hours and you just want to watch something. <clears throat> Sorry. By the way, I'm not drinking the Aldi coffee today. I'm drinking tea. Because it's actually uh, 9.35 at night that I'm recording this. The other one I recorded in the morning, I was drinking the coffee. That coffee's still awful. It's really bad. But I'm drinking this tea, and this tea is... Oh, it's, mm, it tastes like a it tastes like a soda. It tastes like a fruit punch. It tastes like there's sugar in it. And granted, there probably is. But, but you know, in my mind, it's healthy. And, you know, I did my best. I'll tell you one thing. My sister asked to be on the podcast after she listened to the first episode. And the minute she asked, I knew that she never needs to be on the podcast ever. <laughs> That's who you don't want on the... And I uh, am considering, you know, every now and then bringing some people on because I think that would work. But not my sister because I know my sister. And here's what she would do. My sister would come on the podcast and write, and she'd be like, oh, let's do whatever. And I'd be like, hey, you sure you don't want me to, you know, set guidelines, or like talk about this or don't talk about this? She's like, no, it's fine. But the minute we'd go to record, before I'd press record on Audacity, she'd go, hold on, before you record, here's what I don't want to talk. Don't make me look stupid. Don't remember. That's going to be like 50,000 rules on what not to talk about, what not to do. Don't make her look dumb and don't make her sound stupid. I'm like, okay, fine. And then I'm going to feel like I can't talk about anything on the podcast. But then that's not going to be it. I'm going to record it. I think it's going to be over. But then I'm going to edit it. And she's going to be like, can I listen? And I'm like, no, it's not done. And she's like, every five minutes, is it done now? It's like, no, it's not done now. And then it's finally going to be done. And then I'm going to be like, all right, here it is. What do you think? And then she's going to be like, I sound so dumb. That's why I don't want my sister on the podcast. Bridget, if you're listening, you can't be on the podcast. Unless you agree not to do that, you can't be on the podcast. I'm sorry. All right, it's been 30 minutes. Y'all are, you know, y'all are tired of me ranting again. I didn't talk about the AP exam for 20 minutes. That was one thing that people like listening to, Sergey. The podcast was great, but, you know, you talk about the AP exam for 30 freaking minutes. Talk about something else. I'm like, okay. And so I didn't talk about the AP exam this time. So hopefully this was a little bit better than last time. You know, you win some, you lose some, you fail, you learn, you try, you err. And that's what episode two is all about. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Oh, by the way, Jessica, I don't know if Jessica is going to be listening to this. Probably not.
I'm just probably going to talk. Her dad owns Papa John's. And this is a long shot, but if we can get Papa John's to sponsor The Sound of Sergey, They've offered me sponsorships before, like on my YouTube videos. And I didn't think they were, and I didn't think they were serious, but apparently they were. <laughs> like they were, like his, like her dad was being completely serious. And they're, his, her dad's so cool. If we can get Papa John's to sponsor The Sound of Sergey, then I can make that cash. Anyway, I've rambled enough. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to The Sound of Sergey, episode two. It's been an honor, and I just want to thank you so much for listening. If you're so inclined, you know, share it with your friends, you know, share it on whatever, you know, listen to it in the car with your parents, and then they'll be like, who is this idiot? That's what they'll probably say. Thank you so much for watching. I've said thank you about eight times. That was the most awkward ending ever. Let's try that again. Bye, see ya, podcast over, done, boom.